Hello and welcome to this latest edition of the Powder Blue Podcast. The Phillies bats are alive in Clearwater, Florida and surrounding baseball towns. Frank Close here with Jeff Mosher. And Jeff, we're seeing some offense from this team even this spring. Yes, we are seeing offense. That's fun. We're also seeing bad defense. That's not fun. But (laughs) one thing we can say is we're not seeing anything that surprises us from that regard. So we're, we're, we're recording this on Monday morning as might be, might be when we usually do it. I don't know if something cool happens, we'll do it some other times, but last two games, Philly score eight and 10 runs. They win one, they lose one. <laughs> Is that kind of what we were saying a week ago that there'd be a lot of like, well, we, let's see, they win 10, five, they lose 14 to eight. Uh, I think every game is just going to be 10 to eight. It's just, do they win it or lose it? <laughs> Yeah, the the bats are out, but I will say this: a lot of these runs are given up by people that have no chance of making the team. So, so we'll, mm-hmm. we'll have to see what happens when we have our our regular pitching staffs in there. But the offense has been excellent so far since you started seeing these these guys get their first at bats in the last week. We've seen both Nick Castellanos and Kyle Schwarber have their first at bats, get their first hits, mm-hmm. uh, reactions to them making their debuts in Phillies red. Well, I don't know if you caught it, Frank, but um, Nick Castellanos made his debut in a way that only, or I'm sorry, he got his first hit in a way that only Nick Castellanos could do it. Uh, it was against the Blue Jays, and uh, I'm not sure if you know, but um, the broadcast team for the Blue Jays was in the middle of discussing the DUI that their pitching coach, whose name I forget at the Pete moment, Walker. Had, Pete Walker, had gotten like the night before, but he was, you know, the team was waiting to gather more information, so he was still allowed to be. Uh, serving as the pitching coach that day and the broadcast team was kind of going through some somber like you know this is unfortunate that it happened and uh yeah you know he's still here they're gathering information and there's a hit into right field by Nick Castellano so it just completely goes with you know the deep drive to left type theme where if something's crazy if something very you know whether it's melancholy or serious or intense is going on and Nick Castellanos is at the plate, something good's going to happen for Nick Castellanos. So I'm not a betting man, but next time someone's in trouble on the opposing team, I should bet <laughs> on Castellanos to, yeah. to at least get yeah. a hit. Nice little prop <laughs> bet, hit, home run, something like that, sure. But 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 we've again, we've got home runs galore from the Phillies, including a, a number of them from uh, maybe a an unsuspecting name. Now, of course, Harper has two yesterday mm-hmm. after we record this. Gregorius has has his second home run of the year yesterday. Right. Bryson Stott. We got a lot to talk about him. We and then will. the next guy, the Mick, Mickey Moniak. Three On home fire. runs this spring, Jeff. Hey, listen, he's fighting to make the club. Now it's a little bit sort of. Now, Frank, you know this better than anyone, right? There are some um, there can be some wind aided home runs out there in Clearwater or just in Florida in general. I can't remember where all these three home runs came from. But if you look at his overall stat line, I mean, he has struck out 14 times and 17 at I mean, four times and 17 at bats. You'd like to see that a little better. 235 um, OBP and average. So. I don't know if it's just that he's, you know, kind of gotten into a few at the right time. And maybe that's enough because as we talked about with this center field thing, I mean, it's, it's really not a, a, a rock of stability here for the Phillies. Yeah. So last week I kind of wrote Mickey Moniak off. I, you you know, I kind of thought that after, especially after manager Joe Girardi says, nah, he's not really in the center field mix. We don't see him there. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
to see back in the center field mix. Are those those few home runs enough to do that with a 235 batting average? Uh, I don't know. That's what I'm saying. I would like to know if he if he hit some legitimate shots or if he ran into a few or if it was wind aided. The other stats, you know, that we mentioned, the batting average, the OBP, um, the strike, the high strikeouts would indicate to me that he's not really having that good of a spring and that he just ran in to a few, but you know, in the late innings against somebody's triple A reliever too. Right. Right. Let's not forget that. Right. And, but the lack of options at least maybe enters his name into the equation, but I still think it's kind of a virling and, and Odubel Herrera show for now, but it won't be Odubel Herrera to start the season. He will Mm, miss the beginning of the season. So, so that, so Jeff, I feel like that this is kind of setting up then to be what last year was. Okay. Well, yeah. All right, Mickey, uh, you, 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 you go first. Mm-hmm. Oh, no, no, no. Adam, yep, your turn. What do they say, Frank? The more things change, more they stay, the more the, they same. stay the same. That's right. Exactly. So, so, so we shouldn't be too excited about these few home runs by Moniac. No, I, you know, I, I think it's fair to say we need to see more. I mean, again, I'd be excited if a guy was tearing the cover off the ball um, in spring, the way sometimes you see guys batting like 550, you know, the, the spring that um, who had that great spring last year? Uh, well, Kingery, Scott Kingery had one a few years ago. Yeah, unfortunately. And didn't didn't Alec Bohm have one a couple of years? It was either last year or the year before where it looked like he was going to really he tore the cover off the ball and was going to come up north. But, um, you know, this one, he, he just happens to have a couple of long balls and everything else is very pedestrian. So we'll we'll keep an eye on him. I mean, he might get a, <laughs> it, the funny thing here is it feels like we just started these games and then. Next week is opening day, Jeff. Next Thursday, a week from this Thursday, there's opening day. I can't believe it. Um, it's it's crazy to me. So uh, really I mean, this is a, a go ahead. I'll just say there's really not a lot of time to figure all this out. No, I mean there's yeah. I, I don't even know how much you put into spring stats this for this year. I mean, if if, if if one thing like the pitchers, like they're the big wild card here. How much were they able to throw in a meaningful way Definitely. leading up till now, and how many of these guys have? maybe played catch in their backyard and not, not much beyond that and, and are really trying to ramp their way up. That, that'll that be something which is interesting to see. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, I mean, Zach Wheeler especially, right? I mean, he's the ace of the team and he's not going to be able to start opening day and who knows when he's going to be ready. Yes, Aaron Nola will be the opening day starter. And we will go, we will break down the pitching uh, in just a moment. But before we get off the offense and guys that might make the team, mm-hmm. Bryson Stotts. So you talked about guys hitting hitting the cover off the ball, hitting four seventeen with a one point two five five OPS so far. First right. home run yesterday. Uh, meanwhile, our old friend uh, Mister Alec Bohm, not looking as good so far this spring, batting one twenty five, which is two for sixteen at this point. Three strikeouts, a uh, couple, uh, well, one RBI, a uh, couple walks. It, you know, I kind of assumed going in that, okay, yeah, well, yeah, Stott's a really good prospect, uh, but he's got 10 games at AAA, so of course they'd want to get him a little bit more flavor at AAA. Mm-hmm. But Alec Bohm, not really showing that he belongs on this team. Are, are we looking at having a serious discussion about Bohm starting the year in the minors and Bryson Stott making his way onto this team? Well, it's, it's, listen, there's two questions at play here. One is how do you come North with Alec Bohm right now? I mean, not only is, as you mentioned, he's batting 125, 222 on base percentage. He's 
Yeah, he's just not hitting very well. I will say this though, in his 16 at bats, I think he struck out three times. It's not not terrible. He's walked twice, but he's also been a, a continued to be not good at third base, a butcher at third base. So at this point, how do you come north in April expecting to win games when I think you can live without him hitting with this lineup, but you can't live with him without with him not hitting and being a really poor defensive third baseman especially since we've talked about the rest of the team is not exactly advanced defensively around him. And how then do you do that when you have Bryson Stott tearing the cover off the ball? By the way, Bryson Stott has walked five times, I think, this spring. I mean, he's really showing some good plate discipline as well, if I'm not mistaken. I yeah, know there's that, four that's, strikeouts, that's, but... That's been the impression by a lot of people. He's being very disciplined with his at-bats. So. Yeah, yeah. So, so the really... I was going to say, too, one of the nice things, too, is, you know, we thought we'd be talking about Stott at shortstop, but but Gregorius is holding his own like the, he is. the guy looks healthy. And right. since he's healthy, he's playing better defense. He's he's hitting. <laughs> I mean, he's three thirteen mm-hmm. so far, a couple of home runs. If he can be your shortstop, then Stott can be your third baseman at times or or some combination thereof. Well, then you feel a lot better about this Phillies defense. Well, that's the, the the issue I see. That's the second question is, can Bryson Stott come up here and fill a role without screwing around further with the Phillies defense? Who's Who plays third base? You mentioned Didi. We've seen Segura at times play third base. Can Bryson Stott play third base when really his best position, if not shortstop, is second base? They don't have a natural third baseman outside of Bohm, who really isn't a natural third baseman. So... Johan Camargo, but he's your he's well, supposed I mean, to be yeah, your I mean, bench starter. guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, look, I mean, you can use Camargo as a late inning um, defensive replacement, but you can give up five runs in the first with bad defense or in the second. I mean, it's this is it's serious for this team. It's it's I know I've heard a lot of like sports talk radio. People have been happy about the Phillies and they joke about it doesn't matter what how bad they are defensively. They're just going to knock the ball out of the park. That that couldn't be further from the truth, because. If you fall behind, we've seen this for years. You fall behind because of defense, because you can't get outs. You tax your pitching staff, you tax your bullpen. And then if you're behind, you tax your hitters who are just now just trying to hit home runs all the time instead of playing good, solid, fundamental baseball. It has a widespread impact. And I don't think it can be ignored or just dismissed as we'll outscore our errors. So Stott started five games at double A Reading at third base and then two games in the Arizona Fall League that really impressed everybody, right? You know, that feels like forever ago because the lockout took place. But right. for Bryson Stott really wowed people in that Fall League. And he, so, so he's not a total stranger. Uh, we've seen a lot of shortstops in history move over to third over time. I mean, I mean, it's still the same side of the infield. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. He, he, he's a big guy, totally too, right? the same. He, he, he's built like he could play third, no? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And And so... And so, you know, I think the Phillies, yesterday, case in point, he he starts at third and then he has such a great offensive game. Mm -hmm. It doesn't seem to bother him very much uh, going over there to third. Uh, You know, I I feel like if it's him at third, Didi at short, Segura at second, at least you've got two up the middle in their comfortable positions. Mm -hmm. And it's still better than Alec Bohm, right? I mean, uh, it, I, I agree. I agree. Uh, listen, I mean, do you agree with me that the defense just can't be dismissed? Like we're just going to score more runs than, than our defense allows. I mean, I, I, I don't believe in that. I think that if you're awful on defense, it has a complete team-wide impact. Now I, I'm, I'm, I'm on board with you there because you can't 
give the other team 30 outs and you have 27. Right. So, right. I mean, now some, some games might feel that way, but, but you know, if, I, if this works out, you know, maybe, maybe you're in a situation where then your, your defensive liability mainly is at left field and then you sub them out towards the end. I mean, maybe yeah. that's, that's your opportunity here. Uh, you know, we know, we know Hoskins isn't the best at first, but you feel better about him there than, than maybe Schwarber. Uh, so, uh, but either way, if whoever's whoever's DHing in uh, that day, one of the one of the poorer fielders will be off the field. Mm-hmm. And if you have a solid third baseman there, maybe you're not so bad and maybe it's overstated. I don't know. What, what do you think about that? Listen, I'm willing to try it. I, I, the feeling I got watching Alec play third base this spring <laughs> after what we saw last year is not a great feeling of confidence. And I don't want to give games away. Absolutely not. And the fact that he's not hitting just adds to that. So if they've got to play Bryson Stott at third and he's ready and it seems like he's ready. And I like it when a guy is walking too, not just tearing the cover off the ball. Cause it means he's, he's showing maturity at the plate and discipline um, of a veteran. Then you got to reward that guy, you know? And I, you know, I don't know what, what his status is as far as, you know, with the arbitration and everything, if they would rather have him come up in June. I hope that that's not – I hope they prioritize winning games in April and May over contract and money and things like that. I think they will. I get the impression – I think Joe Girardi even addressed that, that like that's not going to be the issue as Good. to how they move forward. You know, they'll, they'll, they'll come – hey, you got to – and I even said this when Kingery came up. You, you want to come north with then the best 25 guys you have. Uh, right. He didn't work out, but, you know, they they found a way to <laughs> – Signed him to that long deal uh, and brought him north. Uh, but right. y- you want that. Now, there was one comment that kind of uh, some people kind of noticed and ran off with that Jim Salisbury, NBC Sports Philadelphia, just mentioned casually in a podcast that, well, maybe Boehm could be used in a trade. Um, is it not too late to make a trade? You know, people keep saying Oakland, 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 because they have Frankie Montas and Sean Manaya that they might trade one or the other. Uh, that's a starting pitcher. If you can somehow land one of them and Bohm is a valuable enough piece to help get a deal done, well, then you feel a lot better about your starting rotation. Yes, you do. And um, I would probably entertain that idea. It sucks because all we talk about is how badly the Phillies need to replenish their farm and have young talent. But Alec Bohm may be a man out of a position, and specifically a man out of position with the Phillies. So his best shot might be to get traded. And so it's kind of still the same old, same old with the Phillies. But I mean, if we're going to talking about this year and you add either a Montes or a Manea to the staff, you're looking pretty good. So, so this is like, I guess Spencer, you'd have to consider it like Spencer Howard all over again. You know, the former untouchable prospect, you know, mm-hmm. uh, you realize he's not all that. And then all of a sudden you're, using them as a piece in a trade well i mean and and we can chalk it up to the it's still part of the failures of the the clintac mcphail era i mean this is a guy that was brought to this team in that regime and dave dabrowski once again has to fix the mistake but it would just be nice if the phillies didn't a have the mistake or b figured out a way to fix it and so they didn't have to get rid of all their prospects who are once considered good players you know or good prospects at least if you trade for a Manai or Montas, then you might have them a while, you know? So maybe that'll sure. help lessen, lessen the blow later. I guess uh, in terms of Manaya, he's, he's probably further along in his contract that, that, that he might be a free agent after this year. I have to double check. But uh, 
Um, but you know, that could be your chance to win. Like at, at some point you had to decide you're going for it. And it feels like the Phillies have gone for it this year. Right. So they sure they got to win. <laughs> sure. 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 I'd like to see Frankie Montes on the, in a Phillies uniform. He's a good pitcher. Yeah. And, and so is Sean Manaya. So one, one's sure, a lefty, yeah, so one's a Manaya's right. lefty, Montas a righty. So you, you, you'll, you'll have, uh, I don't know, e- either one. I don't care. I don't care what side they throw from. Uh, you, you could use them. And one right. reason you might be able to use them is because, you know, Zach Wheeler still is yet to throw this spring. Now, if we, if we look at pitching as a whole, there have been a couple positives, right? Um, Ranger Suarez arrives further along than people thought. Uh, we, we need to see him throw still. Uh, but uh, Zach Eflin, you know, if, if he apparently was emotional after having a very nice start the other day. Uh, he actually is seemingly on track to start the season. So how about so? Do you feel better about the pitching now than you did a couple of weeks ago? Yes. Um, the, you mean the pitching staff as a whole or the rotation? The rotation. Okay. Yeah, I do. Um, look, I like Eflin. I've always liked Eflin. I think he's slotted perfectly on this team right now as a, as a kind of a four with the potential to be a three. I'm more excited about Ranger Suarez. You know, I can't wait to see him um, now that he's fully a starter come up and see what he's got because I just I, – I love the cerebral – approach that he has to pitching I think he's really smart and he knows how to use his stuff and keep batters off balance but the thing about Eflin is he's always been a good uh, ground ball pitcher I saw him a little worried with this defense behind him if that's going to be suited to his strengths but I've always liked what's that what's that I mean he's going to get roughed up every once in a while he doesn't have overpowering stuff but he's another guy who has good stuff and knows how to keep hitters off balance and he should win you know, he should be the type of guy that wins 10 to 11 games in the in, in, in the major leagues with this kind of offense behind him. Yep. No, and if it's me, I, I make sure Camargo is playing at third the days that he starts. You know, I, I really sure. wanna, I want to – I want that defense to be your, your top defense when, when Zach Eflin pitches. So, so that's one slot. Now, Aaron Nola, named opening day starter, as I mentioned. It'll be, what, his fifth in a row, uh, mm-hmm. kind of by default because Zach Wheeler is not going to be ready, at least to start. So – so that that get so you have two arms there. Um, Gibson is just fine. He's he's on his normal normal path. Mm-hmm. So beyond that, you still don't know the answer about Suarez and Wheeler. Uh, looks like Bailey Falter is is the next man up. Uh, looked okay so far this spring. He's made a couple of appearances, uh, and then beyond that, I guess it's Christopher Sanchez. I mean, <laughs> I feel like if if you need to go beyond Falter, uh oh, yeah that. Yes, I agree. <laughs> there, there are those questions there. Um, so hopefully they do make a move and can add some, some another arm and some depth there. We'll see what happens. But I, it's, it's that's part of the same old song that we talk about. I would rather them add one and not need it. You know, like yeah, the the yeah. The, the, the Dodgers always did that. They'd have six, seven starters, and somebody would get. I mean, this is the this is the, that Dodgers are the team that had David Price in the bullpen, paying him a bazillion dollars a year, right. You know, they've always seemed to, to do that. Or yep. I remember I remember a couple of years ago, they kept designating a player for assignment, knowing that nobody was going to claim him because he made too much money. But then right. they just kept him around as a six starter and kept bringing him right back. So, you know, the, the teams that win, they they have some depth. The Phillies really I, I, I feel way better at Bailey Falters in the Phillies bullpen than the starting rotation. I'm with you. I'm with you. Although, you know, it was very encouraging, very, very encouraging to see. Sir Anthony Dominguez so far this spring looked pretty dominant. So 
um, that, yeah, that's another kind of arm that you can figure out as it goes along. And that gives you some depth in case you need to take an arm up to, into the rotation. And so let's also, let's transition to the bullpen then. Cause Dominguez, he's throwing heat. He's looking good. Mm-hmm. He's slimmed down a little bit, you know, some mm-hmm. worried that, you know, I mean, by the way, everybody's going to gain weight when they're, when they're having major surgery like that and they can't function the way they normally do. Right. So, so, but it looks like he shedded that weight that he gained while he was kind of holed up while, you know, after the surgery. So, this could be a real difference in this bullpen. If you have a good Sir Anthony Dominguez and all of a sudden you feel way, 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 way better about your bullpen. Yes, absolutely. And now we got a long way to go. <laughs> he's come, he's got a big comeback here, but you have to like what you've seen this spring. Uh, I try not to get too carried away because I do think he's got the ability to, you know, conti- if he can continue this trajectory, maybe be the closer if Knievel struggles or if anybody else doesn't really nail down that role, he could, but if not, just, you know, he's there for you. He can be so your seventh that, inning guy, eighth inning guy, whatever you need. Someone's going to struggle in the bullpen this year. We know that. So hopefully it's not him and he can fill that spot. So the three new guys, you have, you have Knebel, you have Familia, you have Hand. All right. I've already yeah. said, I think that that's a, that's a slight improvement over the triumvirate that, that left in, in Neris, Kennedy, and Bradley. Slight, but then, right. the, but then, if you get a healthy Dominguez, and that's that's effective, and then you have Alvarado and Brogdon and Coonrod, you feel a lot better. You know, last year they were giving a lot of the key outs to to Coonrod and and Brogdon and Alvarado. Mm-hmm. I'd rather them not. <laughs> <laughs> if they're if they're your options five, six, seven in your bullpen, and then you have Bailey Falter beyond them to be your eighth, well, then you know maybe you don't feel so bad about your bullpen. No, it, uh, again, it's sort of like you have to believe it. It's all theoretical. Until you go out and see it, because we've unfortunately seen guys with hope and promise potential come in and just not pitch to what you expected them to be. So it, I don't want to call this rearranging the furniture on the Titanic yet, but uh, it, it kind of has that feel until we actually see these guys perform. By the way, Nick Nelson, he's, he actually didn't look so bad. Uh, they, they picked him up in a trade from the Yankees. Right. Uh, he's three, three games so far, 1-8 ERA. did give up a home run on Sunday. But mm-hmm. but he looked pretty good. He gave them a couple innings. I mean, it's yeah, small sample size, but uh, but you know, you look at his uh, major league numbers so far; they haven't been great. And, you know, he's had he said eleven games each of the last two years with the Yankees, but he mm-hmm. came over with Donnie Sands in a trade. You know, who Sands, who might be the backup catcher, um, mm-hmm. but he's kind of a wild card. You know, there's going to be a couple guys that make this team because you know they're going to add a couple roster spots for pitching in the beginning. So. Mm-hmm. You know, someone like him maybe has a chance to stick around uh, because of that extra spot. Uh, yeah, I mean, he's got eight strikeouts in five innings. So that, that's kind of a, a, you know, kind of opened your eyes a little bit there. Now that needs on the 40, you know, so, uh, you know, the numbers of the guys who are on the 40, yeah, the other names that, that would be a candidates for that. You know, we haven't seen much of Damon Jones just yet. Mm. Um, this could be his year. Uh, yeah, he's, played, he's made three appearances in inning each uh, scoreless so far. But we wonder if David Jones will have an opportunity, a real opportunity. I think he was, did he actually get the pitch in the majors? I know they, they called for him at one point to, for depth, but. I thought um, he pitched like one game. I can't yeah, remember. I thought it was one game. Small appearance. Uh, I can't remember mm-hmm. when it was now, but maybe it was even in 2020 when, when all hell was breaking loose. <laughs> uh, but, they, but Ryan Sheriff, who they also picked up this off season, he's, he's around, he's, he's pitched a couple games, been, Okay, uh, mm-hmm. looks like he gave up a run in his two innings. Pitched with the Rays and the Cardinals and the Majors in the past, so right. So he does have some experience. So I mean, the, the roster will be rounded out with 
with guys like that. So, uh, so, but, but, but again, if, if, if all of a sudden you're down two starters and then you have two of your bullpen arms in the rotation and then the, the sheriffs and, and Nelsons are all of a sudden in your bullpen for sure. And, and that's when you get a little, little nervous. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like this week is a big week for the staff just because we need to see a few guys and, and how they throw, you know, like you said, it's a shortened spring and a couple of guys are already given up a home run or two that has inflated their, their ERA, whether it's a Coonrod or somebody else that you're relying on um, to just, you know, be, be one of your guys. And so this week's a good week for them to kind of get, get their arms still stretched out, get ready to go before we head North. I just still can't believe it's only a week. Yeah, still a few few free agents out there. By the way, no one yeah. no one has signed Michael Conforto, Michael Conforto. yet. Conforto, how about wonder, that? Huh? Wonder what the deal will be with with him. I wonder if he's going to uh, find a suitor before opening day. But uh, where does it feel to you like he's more likely is most likely to wind up? I don't even know. I, I thought the Marlins, but. They might have gone in a different uh, different direction with Solaire. Mm-hmm. So I I don't know. Twins maybe the Twins feel like they're starting to you know they're trying to be for real right. I mean they they um they signed Carlos Correa. They get Buxton back. I think they made a trade for a pitcher. Somebody the do, Twins. Do they have twins any more? Did... Do they have any more money? I guess that would be my my question. Yeah, that would be the only uh the only question. But you got to think that the price tag is starting to come down on Conforto. He's been out so long, you know. So it seems like there's always somebody who misreads the market. And then at the, the end of the day, mm-hmm. they haven't, <laughs> you know what I right, mean? Like, right. Sonny gray. That's right. They brought in Sonny gray. Right. Yep. 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 Yeah. No, the, the, the Minnesota's had a nice off season, but uh, yeah. Yeah. I don't, I, I don't, I don't Marlins, I suppose could still add them, <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, they did, did uh, he misread the market? Perhaps they are the reports of, uh, of <laughs> who was Andy Martino, uh, reporting about the massive amounts of money that Michael Conforto had turned down, <laughs> mm, you know. Yikes. So, um, who who was about? I remember, uh, God, this is ages ago. I remember Juan Gonzalez turned down this massive offer from uh, what was the Tigers? He just didn't want to play there, and then he never yep. came close to making it ever again. But yep, yeah, Andy I Martina reports that the that the Mets offered Conforto a contract in the hundred million range last spring and would have gone to about 120. (laughs) (laughs) They didn't shut down negotiations. So yeah. Yeah. So, so we'll see. He may have to say about the bird in the hand, right? Yeah. (laughs) So, uh, so we'll see. I don't think his, uh, I don't think his career is over, but someone's got to pay him something to have, uh, to have some sort of 2022 season, but, but he's out there in terms of starters. There's, there's really not much left out there uh, that the Phillies could actually take a chance on. Mm-hmm. Uh, and really, if you're talking starters, like, what are you, what are you going to do um, now? If you add a starter, that person's not going to be ready for the season. So it, it's, it's it, that's a, that's a tough one here. You know, uh, Chris no, Archer's no. out there, but it's going to take him a while. You know, I think Chris Archer is worth a flyer, but, but still, mm-hmm. if you, you know, if you sign him, you're not getting him for what he's going to need a full spring yeah, training. So you know, yeah, he's going to need a while. Yeah. So yeah. there goes there goes the first couple of weeks of the season that you might need covered anyway. So right. know, it's a tough. Oh, Jake Garriott is available. Uh, I'm going to have to pass. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> going to have prob- to pass. I'm sure Cole Hamels is available too, right? I'm sure. Oh he's, God, uh, are we going to go through that every again? Like, is that, that going to be? Uh, is that going to be what what uh, 
we keep hearing. Actually, we could go through a lot of the same old names like Mike Fultonevich. There you go. He's a free agent still, Fulte. right? Yep. Yep. Um, yeah, we'll probably go through those host of names again, but I don't know. He, he wasn't totally horrible last year, right? It's a five and a half year, right? He's, uh, you know, take it or leave it. Yeah. You might as well start Christopher Sanchez, right? <laughs> there you go. <laughs> well, so many, many questions remain. Many spring games remain, but not a whole lot. So we've, we've, we basically have a week to see the Phillies figure this out. But hopefully next time we speak, Jeff, we'll have news on either Zach Wheeler or Ranger Suarez that allow them to start the season. One of them has got to start the season in the rotation or I'm worried. Fair to say? Uh, you, uh, yeah, I, I think that's fair. Fair to say. I think, right, I, can... I think at some point we, before the season starts, Frank, we got to give our predictions and things like that. Don't oh you yeah. Think? I guess we got to do that next week then, huh? Yeah. We'll do that next week too. We're running out of time. So, uh, but we're out of time for today, Jeff. So for Frank Lowe's Jeff Mosher, this has been the powder blue podcast. We'll catch you next time. <laughs>